Hey everybody, today's episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the folks at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood. Ripley's, believe it or not. I tend to not believe most of the stuff in there. But find out for yourself. All you have to do to get up to 10 people in with the Away Team Special for $100 is go to the front desk, mention you heard about them on Star Trek The Next Conversation, and mention Riker's sexy new beard. You can get up to 10 people in for $100. It's the Away Team Special. It's brought to you by Ripley's Believe It or Not and Star Trek The Next Conversation. Head on over there at Hollywood and Highland in beautiful Hollywood, California, and tell them Andy sent you. And then wink. See what happens. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. <laughs> I'm Andrew Secunda. Uh, we're back. Sorry about the delay in the episode. We had a crazy week last week. Andy was busy on set for about 35 hours a day. And, uh, yeah. That's right. Matt was uh, doing his thing, and then uh, he had his other podcast. We, tra- we literally were texting back and forth. Yeah, during... We have about f- 40 texts back and forth. Well, how about this day? No, I can't. I got, I got Dory that day. Well, what about this day? No, I can't. I'm going to be on set. Are you, like... are you out yet? No, I'm still on set. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, I just got out. Wait. Oh. So, yeah, we tried. So, so we really did try. And I, um, thought, I thought, instead of skipping a week, why not just put out an episode early and then record uh, for next week, also this week. And now, having made this promise to everybody, I regret it. Yeah. I wish we could have just skipped a week. <laughs> Why? It'd be nice to have an actual week off. You know what I mean? Like, if we have a, it would be nice to have a week off from something. See, I like the discovery that we could... Uh, discovery? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That we could... Um, uh, you know, just do two in a week. I really been uh, I've been quietly biding my time to uh, take uh, Goldberg up on his offer to let us do it during lunches um, without penalty. He had mentioned it a long time ago, but we've both been avoiding talking many things about have it. Gone in and out of his head since then. Yes, um, probably not remember. <laughs> this episode dedicated to David Garasio. He listens all the time, having never watched Star Trek The Next Generation. He comes in and he talks to us. He came in last week and he was like, here's an interesting, it's just interesting listening to it and trying to put the show together in my head without having ever seen it just based on you guys. He said, and last week I was like, wow, that really sounds like Whoopi Goldberg when he was listening to the clips on the show. It's insane. Uh, if you if if you listen to the show... And you don't watch Star Trek The Next Generation. We'd like to hear from you. What the hell are you doing? And why are you doing this? I'm delighted. I feel like uh, we appreciate all listeners. And by the way, 
Uh, one thing that was kicked around is when Matt and I uh, can't get together, should Gracio and I, Gracio, who is uh, the showrunner on Just Shoot Me, and uh, and he'd, he'd run Community in the infamous season that Dan Harmon wasn't there, but a delightful, extremely funny guy, um, should uh, should should David and I. David and I, when Matt isn't available, do an after after TNC. So it's someone who <laughs> someone you who, guys would just be playing clips of this podcast and discussing it. I guess that is what yeah, we would that be is doing. The, uh, that is the that is the thought. It would basically be a discussion, and then I would also go. So, what do you think is happening in the show at this point? It'd be basically someone who has not seen all of Next Generation, leading someone who has never seen all, any of Next Generation. It's one step more removed right. of ignorance right. than the show is now. So wow. just tell us if that interests you. It does not. <laughs> no, you. you're not asking me personally. <laughs> you you wouldn't. You don't have time to listen to our show. I would like to. I would like to have David on, just in general. Anyway, so Matt, should they watch the Samaritan Snare? Samaritan Snare. Um, listen, I I, I say watch it. Don't expect greatness, uh-huh. but watch it. Watch it. You get some backstory on Picard uh, and his medicalness. Um and uh, yeah, it comes in handy later. It's interesting. Um, all right, let's jump in. We're on our lunch break. Uh, trying to trying to fit it in. Um, let's hear from our admirals. Go to iTunes, leave a five star review, and join the admirals club. Matt, how do they get into the admirals club? Well, Andy, it's very easy. All they have to do is support this podcast by heading over to iTunes and leaving a five-star review. That is right. And you will automatically be in the admirals club. Here are some uh, entries this week. Um, The Wrath of Myra, The Search for Secunda from Call Me Coleslaw. Come for the uncanny Maurice Hurley impression you never knew you wanted. Stay for the prime correctives that will so often be needed. Um, here's another one. I worry Andrew will die. I don't want Andrew to die. I love this podcast so much I've become very concerned after Q Who. Uh, worry too much about details when warned about the Borg. Missing uh, the chance to get uh, while the getting is good um, might be Andrew's real life fate. When someone tells you to run, you run and ask questions later. That said, run to the subscribe button and subscribe now from Jamie Coy. Thank you very much, Jamie. Um, We also had uh, some United Federation of Planets President Circle entries. All you have to do is donate to the cause. Last week, we were supporting Borg implant rashes. They can sometimes itch. (laughs) And you can... uh, and you can donate uh, from these people donated through uh, our email, sttncpod at gmail.com through PayPal. Um, you can also email us your thoughts there. You can tweet at us at, uh, you know, I guess I should save this for the end. <laughs> On the 45th episode in, <laughs> I should save this for the end when I close the hails, right? It doesn't matter. All right. That's anyway, if you want to tweet at us, tweet at us at Star Trek TNC at Star Trek TNC. You can also Instagram at us at Star Trek TNC. How would someone go about Instagramming us? I don't know. Send us a comment or something. Sure. I'm an old man. I have uh, no idea. I understand. The uh, and then the, did I cover everything? And then if you want to send us a oh um, um, a phone message, which I I didn't check this week. I'm sorry. You didn't check to see if we had any voicemails. No. You don't want to play one blind. Oh, you know what? I might. I think actually, no, I did. 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what, when we get to the hills what's there. Um, and uh, that's at uh, 816 Trek TNC. Well, speaking of hails. Uh, no, we're not. Speaking on, yeah. of United Federation of Planets. Kevin Lamb sent us $20.17. Here is this week's payment. I wonder at what point I'll fund an entire episode. <laughs> Kevin is, plays us, get, pays us $20.17 every time we play. Even the tiniest snippet of, whoops, I did it again. And I don't like it to be paid. I don't like to do it just because. So it has to be organic. Sometimes I've called Andy off on it. You know, as there's debates. You can give us a prime corrective if you feel like Matt didn't or I didn't uh, deserve the whoops. Yep. Robert Sabella sent us 1985, and he said, I am overseas on a Russian island, and our internet's been out for two weeks. My backlog of this slightly above-average podcast <laughs> has kept me sane, uh, has quickly moved into my number three podcast slot. Thanks, Hey, I'll guys. take it. Thank you, sir. I wonder who the others are. Um, and uh, that, my friends, is the Admirals Club. Thank you, Admirals. And that was the Admirals Club. Technically, that was the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Well, we don't have a closing theme for that one. <laughs> it's not my fault. All right. Um, oh, he's dropped his phone. No, I didn't. He almost dropped his phone, but nah. he's, he's lightning fast, my hands. Not, uh, and people are probably picturing an iPhone. Uh, no, a giant office telephone. Yes. <laughs> it's very quaint. He almost dropped his pneumatic tube that was on his desk. Gareth King writes us, uh-huh. Hey guys, it's my understanding that Sonia Gomez was introduced to be a romantic relationship for Jordy, but she was, this was, it was introduced and I was like, well, I'm spending a lot of time on this character. And uh-huh. they do again in, in Samaritan Snare. Uh-huh. Uh, but she was dropped after her second appearance. Oh, there you go. Um, it's a shame because she was interesting. I don't know if I agree with that. That's not me. Oh, that's that is, Eric's. Uh, Eric's phone. And we're in Eric and Matt's office. Uh, I agree that this is a stellar episode. Guinan should be MVC because while she doesn't prevent assimilation, she does reduce casualties by increasing Picard's caution significantly, which is something we discussed, and we discarded that perspective. We gave the MVC to no one last week. Um, which was a huge, huge uh, controversy uh, everywhere. Oh, was there? We're talking about it everywhere. There were a lot of people saying we should have given it to Guinan. Yeah. Did anybody say anything else? No, I made up the controversy oh, part. Right. Well, there you go. I only got one tweet, so I was kind of agreeing. That's pretty huge. Um, and she, and uh, and um, Gareth agrees with me that they he wishes that they had gone into more depth about her and her race. Um, they could have at least spelled out the backstory between her and Picard. Um Let's see. Was there anything else? I think other people told us stuff about their backstory. Steve... Gaidosh, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, says, I've been waiting for the right moment to ask you guys this, and I feel like Q who provides the first real opportunity. Yeah. Um, love Opie Goldberg's performance as Guinan. However, her ra- lack of character development re- and resulting lack of dimension is something about her character has always bothered me. Star Trek has been an example of what a multi-ethnic and racially equal society can do, from Lieutenant Uhura, all the fantastic black guest stars to the best captain of the franchise, Captain Sisko, which... You like Janeway better, but you want Cisco more if you go into battle is your stance, right? Well, I say, as I've said many times, they're all, they're all, everyone has their strength, right? you know? And I think that if I'm on a deep, deep space mission, I'm going to take uh, Janeway. But right. if, uh, if I'm fighting the Dominion or the Klingons sure. or the Romulans sure. or the Borg, yeah. I want Cisco. Right. And I, I don't have the background to say it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I love Janeway. Um, that being said, a Pierce Guidance character, while brilliantly played by Goldberg, conforms to a negative stereotype as the black mystic advisor to the main white protagonist, which I think is uh, an interesting point. Mm. This char- type of character always provides a moral lesson to the other character. That was me. Hey, Matt. No, that's not a mistake. <laughs> that's going to happen, or we don't do the show. <laughs> you could just turn it off. <laughs> Mail, I cannot turn off. You could turn off the sound. It's, uh, you know, settings in this thing uh-huh. that I don't have control over. <laughs> the, Ma- the X-Mac genius can't figure it out? Is that what you're telling me? Listen, you know how Sony has these things locked up tight since North Korea came along? All right. Um, anyway, and he com- compares it to uh, the caddy in Leg- Legend of Bagger Vance and et cetera. You know what? I've, I had a revelation. Okay. If I don't find these hails interesting, I can't imagine the audience does. Let's uh-huh. move on. All right. Very good. Uh, I thought it was a fine one. Obviously, I've picked it. Uh, hi, Andy and Matt. If uh, Matt is Jeff Goldblum, surely Andy is Robert Sean Leonard. It's uncanny. Have you? Do you know Robert Sean Leonard from House? Yeah, he played uh, Doctor uh, the Watson to his uh, Holmes. Uh, Wilson was his name. Doctor Wilson. He's also in Swing Kids. Oh. Sean Patrick Leonard. And do you feel like his voice is similar to mine? Hmm. I, I don't see it, but I only know. I only hear my well, own it voice. It could be a little bit. Yeah, I hear that a little bit. Um, Merrick from sunny England also uh, pointed out that uh, I didn't do a deep dive on Ensign Gomez, and she played the triple endowed lady in Total Recall. <laughs> I did not know that. It's a fascinating future moment for her. Um, hi, guys. In response to the question of the origins of the Borg, the Shatner novel, The Return, the Borg were created at the end of the motion picture when Decker and right. Ilea were merged, which I guess is a thing that's floating around. In fact, in the movie, Spock notes that V'ger reached uh, a planet of machines, and the novel is claimed to be the Borg homeworld. Um, although that seems perhaps questionable, because I feel like V'ger would have been much more aggressive the Borg are far more aggressive in their stance than V'ger was. Well, who knows what Decker's putting in their heads. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that was from Ryan M. Novosedliak, who wrote us before, an energy engineer. Um, all right. So I feel like you have a, a limited amount of patience today, so I'm going to try and pick well, I don't have a limited stuff. amount of patience. We just have a limited amount of time. Oh, it's lunchtime. Right, all right. Um, Plus, my plan is to literally post this as soon as we're done. Um... I like, this is from Trek, <laughs> I like that, uh, the th- I like the theory that Q's rescue of the Enterprise is what sparks the Borg obsession with humanity. Until that moment, the Enterprise was just another run-of-the-mill ship, but the escape at the end, this was something that occurred to me, <laughs> um, they appear to demonstrate a technology far beyond what the Borg have, even with the transwarp conduits, when Q snaps his fingers and they fly off, and, you know, yeah. the Borg must have been like, whoa. Put everything else on the back burner. It's interesting. I like that. Um, so it's, and I guess Q must have known that. So maybe that was how he screwed us. Even though there's sort of the suggestion that he was trying to help us by giving us a, you know, heads up. Yeah. Um, I want here. You'll enjoy this one, Matt. I want Matt to know the only reason I tune into After Trek every week is because I want to support any program he is involved in. When it was announced that he'd been awarded hosting duties, I literally thrust my arms in the air in a Judd Nelson single fist pump of victory, over uh, thrilled, overjoyed. Even he fucking did it. Uh, observing the trajectory of his career from Mac Genius 
to Nerdist to host of uh, official after show of a franchise he spent his entire life adoring has been exhilarating. You're insightful and funny, and it demonstrates to me that well, you know, you're probably bored by this at this point. So I'll it's just. A, it's very. Uh, it is very. It is very kind. And I, <laughs> thank you for sending that in. That's from Dustin. Dustin. Thank you. Um, um, and then there's a prime correct. Hope I'm I do not, right by you, bro. I'm not going to play the theme because uh, it's uh, we're kind of short on time. But hello, Matt and Andy. I'm a listener from Sweden, and I listen to the show every week. Hello, uh, Pavel. Um, who's a famous Pavel? Chekhov. Oh. <laughs> so obvious. I'm the worst. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh, I know a Pavel. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and that's the one I know. Mm-hmm. The rhyme corrective is in regards to, I have name and face blindness, guys, and it applies to TV characters. He, he just conveniently adds name blindness. <laughs> Not a thing. It's he doesn't true. have it. I guess I'm just saying I'm a narcissist. The prime corrective is in regards to whether the holodeck rules are different to holosuite rules. The holosuites in question are subject to Bajoran law, while the holodeck on starships would be under Federation law. Nobody knows if they're actually different, though. That was interesting. Good point. That's a good point. That was a good point. You know what, Matt? Yes, sir. It's my dream to hear that every week. He looks forward to it. <laughs> Second, those alien frequencies close. We can, um, we can jump on in. I am going to tack one more from Matthew Kirk uh, on who sends us our This Day in Trek every week. And he says, a, a quick note about Guinan vs. Q from last week. Allegedly, Whoopi Goldberg did know more about the original intention for Guinan's dealings with Q, but was sworn to secrecy in case the writers ever needed to leverage the plot line. Anyway, so I thought that was interesting that maybe mm. she knows about future or stuff that happened. We should get her on the show. Do we know anybody She who knows, knows about her? stuff that never happened? Yes, was, I do know people that know her. Was she ever on Nerdist? No. Mm-hmm. Interesting. She's a nerd. It's true. Anyhow. She was in the um, Star Trek documentary I hosted. Oh, yeah? I didn't know you hosted a Star Trek documentary. Yep. It was on the History Channel last summer. I feel like that should have been a lock for the After Trek thing. I don't know why uh, there was all that hubbub. You know, there's a lot of hubbub here and there. I did a 50 Years of Trek uh, documentary, and uh, I think it just aired uh, in England on something called Blaze. I'd they like a, to see they it. They have a Matt. network called Blaze. I know I've so never little seen it. about you. I've never seen it. You're just a constantly unwrapping enigma. When did I do that? I did that July. I did that right before I came to the Goldbergs. Huh. Anyway, here we are. Matt. Yes, Andy. It was the week of May 15th, 1989. That was my favorite week of life. Go ahead. What, and what, what Forever Your Girl by Paul Abdul was the favorite on U.S. radios. That's too bad. I was a huge Paul Abdul fan back in the day. You've stated this many times. You love the Laker girls. Uh, (laughs) That is what drove it. I was like, Paula from the Laker girls? (laughs) What are the Laker, what are the Laker girls called? Laker dancers? The Lake, the, 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 I think they're just called Laker girls, right? Yeah, I think they're just Laker girls. Not a particularly creative. cheerleaders. Yeah, not a creative name. The, the, the. I'm trying to think of the Nets dancers. The Celtics have dancers. The Celtics dancers. Interesting. Yeah, it's the in in New York. It's the uh, New York. It's the Nick City dancers. I think. Yeah. Okay. 
I accept that. I don't know why you need City in there. Yeah. So remind people. See what happened there? I just unmuted this, and then I have Polly Abdul oh, instructing a child. It's the I forgot video. the story portion of the video. She's teaching a child to dance. Anyway. Um, that was a favorite on the U.S. radios, while in the U.K., Hand on Your Heart by Kylie Minogue was still on top. Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses, still a bestseller. See no, see no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> was uh, top of the box office wow. with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Not a good Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor outing. I remember there was one scene in that where uh, Gene Wilder, deaf, is looking through binoculars at the villains and holding a conversation with blind Richard Pryor in the movie. How was he hearing what he was saying when he was looking through the binoculars? crazy. Not the worst part of that movie. Senior Ethiopian military officers attempted a coup only hours after a presidential trip to East Germany left the country vulnerable. Uh, More than a million Chinese protesters filled Tiananmen Square, demanding greater democratic involvement. Martial law would later be declared over 200 protesters, and and over 200 protesters would be killed in the conflict. Um, Time Magazine's cover featured Soviet Minister Svartsny uh, I'm sure that's something I know, and I don't know how to pronounce that right. Uh, I don't know. Okay. With the caption, waiting for Washington. That was it. Well, Andy, that was terrific. I'm sorry, everybody, that was a weird delay, because I was picking up my computer to make sure that I had Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion revised edition. Everybody's familiar with this book. We read a description out of it every week. I highly recommend anyone who uh, wants a nice compendium to your next gens to pick it up. So this episode is Samaritan Snare. It aired the week of May 15, 1989, as Andy says. Start a 427.79.1. And I'll take Paul Abdul down and a fade. Okay. Everybody's happy. You at home are like, what is going on? Directed by Les Landau. Great, great, great TNG director, Les Landau. Yeah. Uh, Written by Robert L. McCullough. As Wesley prepares. Wesley's always preparing for more Academy tests. I had a question about that. (laughs) Starbase 515, Picard suddenly elects to join him for the long shuttle ride after a heated argument with Pulaski. Aboard the Enterprise, Riker underestimates the slow-witted... Packleds who kidnap LaForge with after number one allows Jordy to beam over to give the obese scavengers a hand with their ship. Larry, you're projecting here, buddy. <laughs> you have to say they were obese. <laughs> it really does seem like it's the smallest part of the <laughs> of what's distinguishable uh, about them. During the shuttle ride, Picard finally opens up enough to explain his reason for making the trip surgery to replace a defective cardiac unit and leaves Wesley spellbound with the tale of a shoreleaf brawl as the young officer nearly got him killed. Meanwhile, the Packlets demand the Enterprise release all of its computer information to them. As the crew considers a show of force to rescue Geordi, Riker learns Picard is near death after surgery. Anxious to reach their captain, the crew members trick the Packlets with a crimson force field, a ruse, and rescue Geordi. Picard awakens in post-op to learn that uh, learn of his close call and to find that an amused Pulaski is the specialist who pulled him through. Well, 
Good God. <laughs> Good God, Niles. Okay, so. You know, you're really blowing up. I, I'm a busy human being. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of things happening. I feel like. We all get it. I feel like a, like a, uh, the keyboard player in Jabba's Palace. <laughs> Max Rebo? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, you do that fucking Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Max Rebo? Boo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think I am. Captain's log, stardate 42779.1. We're en route to the Epsilon 9 sector for an astronomical survey of a new pulsar cluster. In the meantime, Ensign Crusher will be diverting to Starbase 515 for Starfleet exams. All right, Andy, you wanted to address Starfleet exams. What, uh, so what, what's the deal? How many of these? Th- we've already had a whole episode well, about this. what this seems I like. I feel like, have we been revisited it again, or was that, it was just the once with Mordok? The Mordok once, yes. Okay. Uh, and it seems to me that in this episode, what's happening is he's seems to be doing field studies, right? Oh. So he seems to be on the Enterprise instead of at the Academy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he just went to Starbase 515 for like a midterm exam to make sure that he's keeping up with the people at the academy okay and then when he passes he's allowed to go back to continue his studies on the enterprise is that can't do you think that's a we don't know of any other uh place in star trek uh canon where that situation other than novels maybe where that where this kind of situation is happening where there's a guy who hasn't really completed his start fleet duties who's on serving as a voyagers full of maquis well, sure. Uh, yeah, but that's like a, a crisis situation. Okay. But, it's a crisis I mean, situation. I'm letting you know it's what. All right. This is a crisis, too. Right, Picard's heart's going out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't... It seemed weird, but I guess that was an easy writing solution, too. He's doing uh, stuff. He's doing uh, Starfleet exams. Yeah. This came in for you from Starfleet. Testing parameters? Do not be apprehensive, Wes. I found the Academy examinations quite elementary. <laughs> You would. Oh, shit. Oh, burn. <laughs> Data. Oh, you're so competent, Data. <laughs> Boom. Earlier test results were good enough to get you Academy credit for your work here. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Those Academy cadets can be extremely competitive. But you have the practical experience, Wes. Commander Riker is correct. While the information imparted to cadets at the Academy is unquestionably vital for prospective Starfleet officers, it nonetheless requires a significant period of supplementary systems training and situational disciplines. Didn't I just say that? Yes, sir. But not quite as perspicuously. Oh, snap! Oh. left and right. This is a this raucous is, bridge. It's like an episode of Big Bang Theory here. <laughs> with, less, um, with somehow with more laughs. Uh... <laughs> Um, that's, uh, uh, I like, uh, I like Frakes's take there. A nice, subtle, just, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a shot at me, huh? Going to the brig soon, aren't you, Data? <laughs> As chief medical officer, I am ordering you to report to Starbase 515 immediately. Oh, please. I feel fine. <laughs> the truth is you have ignored this far too long. This ship has a mission to carry out. An astronomical survey to be conducted by the science officers, I believe. And I was looking forward to seeing the Epsilon Pulsar cluster for myself. Then we'll perform the procedure right here. Absolutely not. My staff and I are fully capable of giving you the replacement. That's not the point. It would be... It would be inappropriate for you to carry out the procedure. 
Captain Picard, I had no idea. You do have an ego, don't you? Oh, 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 oh. Everyone on the ship's going down. <laughs> This episode, it's a roast. this episode is like very zing 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 and then what's interesting too is when the packlets get here mm-hmm. they're also like insulting the packlets constantly it's they are. it's this episode is so insulting to everyone on board i am delighted by most of it all right back to uh so picard's gotta go is get his heart on yeah I'm just trying to fit the like this behavior of Pulaski into the general mythology of the fans hating her. And like, is it because she seems like a drag here? I I mean, I understand the intention. I I literally think it's just that she's not Beverly. Uh And that's the fans problem. And I think had she not, had she been the, had had she she been the doctor from the get go, I don't think the reaction would have been what it was. And had Beverly not been so Beverly, I don't think the reaction would have been what it was. So it's because we saw something else and then it was taken away that I think there's like this weird sort of um, antagonistic attitude from fans of TNG towards Pulaski. And I will say, going back, rewatching this season now, we're 17 episodes into season two. I don't see it. I, I think she's a fine character. I have a theory. It's not a... Oh. It's not a theory on the, about the ship, so I'm not going to play the theme. Um, although someone did point out that I've kind of let the theories slide. I think it's because I have so many theories already built up. It's like you don't want to double up with yeah, theories. I can't triple, triple dibble. Um, anyway, uh, I think it – I can't tell if it I, – I think it might be both the performance and the writing of the character. It's like Bones was always you know, sarcastic and, and especially to Spock and – and uh, taking shots at everybody, mm-hmm. but you could feel that Bones loved Kirk and loved Spock, and I feel like both Diana Mulder and the character. It kind of, fe- even though we're told that she really wanted to be there, and now looking back on it, that's probably to make the fans more friendly to her. It's like, no, she picked the Enterprise and Picard out of all the other ships, but it's like you never feel that at all. I feel like you, you never you, feel like she's warm and closer. Yeah, you don't get has affection for any of these. You people. don't get a sense of warmth from her, which you do with McCoy, where you get that country doctor sort of thing. Right, um, and then with Beverly, she just seems warm. Right. Um, also, but I do Beverly like. I like a no did nonsense. Love Picard or I, I like a no nonsense uh, doctor. I like a no nonsense doctor too, and I like that she can go toe to toe with him. But I feel like that may be may have been the problem. Yeah. One five. Yes, sir. I was just going to shuttle bay two. Good. I have business there i shall accompany you you will i mean yes sir prepare the shuttle for immediate departure aye sir something i can take care of for you on starbase 515 hardly number one but you'll miss the epsilon pulsar survey i'm well aware of that fact you have the bridge you always talked about how you wanted to see the survey (laughs) you always talked about how you wanted to sit in that chair while the rest of the ship is doing stuff didn't uh super important yeah this is uh oh so let's uh let's let's track a little bit of this ensign gomez her and jordy are uh wandering the corridors it's not my exams i'm worried about it's captain picard why he's not taking the exams it's just the two of us in a shuttlecraft for six hours what am I going to talk to Captain Picard about for six hours? Oh, archaeology, semantics, literature, art. You could learn a lot from Captain Picard. Dummy. Semantics. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things she throws that in. That is weird. 
<laughs> philosophy, science, semantics, history. <laughs> what? Like he's going to correct you, you on semantics? <laughs> ah, Captain Picard. Nice day for a little trip. Seems it was snotty. Oh, oh he shit. just walks away. Two eps. She got two eps. Two and done. Wonder what she could have done in this episode that would have turned it around for her. They clearly were teeing her up. Yeah. Data. Wasn't the captain looking forward to this mission to the Epsilon Pulsar cluster? New shuttle in this so episode, said, huh? Yeah. Any backstory on that? Ship now. Commander. They, they just felt like it. Mm, seemed reasonable. <laughs> Receiving a mayday on all frequencies. I liked it. Source. Wrong point, more... Sector 006. 006. Say. That's that's Sean Bean's character from Goldeneye. <laughs> um, the uh, the old shuttlecraft seemed uh, like the one that was really just taken from well, that was the original pod. series. Oh, you mean like the Galileo shuttlecraft yeah. from? Well, I think the one that we've seen up to this point was almost exactly like the original. No, no, no. You see the inside of those, and they seat like eight people of the Galileo on the original series TV show the Galileo is a very long sleek looking shuttle oh. well whatever the case this one seemed much more stylistically in tune with the uh, this one is almost D. it's almost there uh, they do get a I don't know what the type is but they do end up with a shuttlecraft that is very similar to the one seen in Star Trek 5 uh-huh. which is like I like that design of Star Trek shuttle speed hi sir Viewer. Deploy shield, sir. Hold fast. Data. Basic early design. Just fucking listen to him once in a while. That's all I ask. I just... One episode. Just give me... Well, especially later in the episode, he was 100% right. Capable of sublight travel only. Sir, we are being hailed. On screen. Okay, let's open up the hails. Officer William Riker of the USS Enterprise. We're responding to your distress signal. Uh-huh. What is your problem? We are far from home. Aren't we all? But you sent out a mayday? Uh-huh. Do you need help? We are Packlets. Our ship is the Mondor. It is broken. We are far from home. We need help. Let me guess, their rubber band broke, right? Oh, shit! <laughs> They're dummies! <laughs> Trek salt. Now, do you know who our main pack lid is? Uh, it's uh, Diana Maldar. That's right. She also Under played heavy Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> no, this is the same guy that played this gentleman. Correct. I don't understand. You are Commander William Riker. It's this guy. It's Christopher Collins. The guy that died. The guy that died that my my father knew his mother. And also, this is the guy that's uh, Optimus Prime. And now he's playing this guy. This guy was a real, he had tremendous range. Obviously, this is a moronic character. What a character. Both literally and figuratively. But but, uh, really, like you my would dad, never have known uh, under that makeup that was the same guy. My dad really took a shining to the pack lids for some reason. Yeah, he uh, found them very amusing, 
and would often refer to me as a packlet. <laughs> That's a great insult. And, it, and it's a perfect, it's got a cut in it. It sounds like what it is. What are you, a packlet? Of... You're looking for things to make you go, buddy? Come on. <laughs> Sensors indicate engineering problems. They're experiencing total guidance system failure with less than 24 hours reserve power. Maybe I can help. What brings you so far from home? Let me get over and get my hands on that shit. What were you looking for? Things we need. Can you be more specific? Things that make us go. We need help. What is the nature of your mission? We look for things. Did you hear an echo? <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> uh, okay, so I do want to hear Worf being 100% correct. Uh, this is the craziest thing in the end. I mean, there's a lot of crazy things, but this to me is just like... Send our chief engineer over to them. Oh, hang on, I, I, I jumped the gun on that a little bit. I'm sorry, everybody. Looking for... Not a mistake, Andy. Don't look for it. <laughs> you saw me reaching my hand for the oops. Be more specific. I said, whoops, I did it again. I meant, oops, I did go. it again. We need help. What is the nature of your mission? We look for things. Did you hear an echo? Commander, from the list of their ship, I can have them up and running in no time. You sure? Yeah, no problem. Very well. Our chief engineer will beam over to help you. Great smile. Close. Commander, do we truly need to send our chief engineer over to them? Obviously, they need our help. Why do we not simply give them the information they need to make their own repairs? Logical. Do you honestly get the impression they could handle our technical specifications? We do not know anything about them. True. Acknowledge, Mr. Worf. We have an obligation to render aid. We have an obligation to the safety of this ship, sir. That is my first duty. With all necessary gear. Aye, sir. That's what I would have said if I was working. Yeah. I mean, just... We need more information. Information. Do you have anything else on them? They are a relatively benign species. Don't they seem a little slow? They may merely have poorly developed language skills. But what about weapons? Weapons. Who will be? (laughs) Scanners show limited armaments. I think we can relax, Mr. Worf. This to me move their is the craziest thing just because just send Worf with him. Send any security send any detail. any security detail with him. Send Gomez with him. He's going to be safer with two people. Don't yeah. send the chief engineer alone. Worf is 100% correct. 100%. Do we need to send a chief engineer? No. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, 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 it's so stupid. I almost feel like they addressed it to like, well, they're going to be thinking this. Yeah. But then they don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. More like a late 22nd century interplanetary journey. Sir? Should read more history, Ensign. Oh! <laughs> Good. Everybody is in a real bitchy mood in this episode. It really that is. is true. I should just play an air horn. time. <laughs> I shouldn't be taking this trip at all. I should be back on board the Enterprise. Why are you coming with me to Starbase 515, sir? Well, it's certainly not my idea. I'm sorry, Ensign. I didn't mean to take it out on you. I just hate the prospect of another damned cardiac replacement. 
cardiac replacement. I didn't know. Well, now you do. A parthenogenetic implant? What else would it be? You idiot. <laughs> My heart was injured. And a replacement was necessary. That Hence, would have been it. The cardiac so replacement. The replacement is faulty. Why would anyone use a faulty replacement? Just pilot the shuttle. Stupid <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> what a stupid what a wasted couplet. <laughs> he's asking so many dumb questions. I feel like he's acting dumber in this in this episode than we've ever seen him. I think he's just more socially awkward than we've ever seen him. But like also one thing that kind of struck me, it's gonna be later when he says, Hey, did you read that book I, I gave you? Yeah. All this guy thinks about is is impressing Captain Picard. The the captain gave him a book and he didn't read it? And Right, didn't finish it. It's crazy. And he's a genius. Yeah. You tell me he couldn't have just read the book fast? I mean he seems like he's Doctor Strange of the Enterprise uh, of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Totally. Real real dick face that I'm not supposed to like. Oh, I, I thought you were saying that he was genius. Well do you find Doctor Strange a likable character? In I the, like I like Doctor Strange. In the end or the record. In the beginning. Throughout the whole movie. Well, I think it's true to the mythology. He's supposed to be uh, an yeah. ego, egomaniac, and then he—I will say that they've they kept him a little bit more human at the end, which I like because he's, frankly, even though I loved Doctor Strange, he was one of my favorite Marvel characters. He was a little—he was a little boring as a person. Yeah, he has so. some good. He has some good run-ins with Deadpool in the comics. If you if you if you care to read those. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Packlids. Who's uh, who's in charge of engineering? My friend, his name is Reginod. <laughs> the best space dummy name I've ever heard. <laughs> His friend is Reginod. You mean Reginald? Yes, that's what I mean. No, Reginod. <laughs> Think I can meet him? He is Reginod. Yes, I think you mentioned that. We look for things. So I've heard. Can you make our ship go? Reginod reminds me of Brian Wilson. <laughs> Wasn't that pretty? <laughs> this is called God Only Knows. Yes, I think so. We look for things to make us go. Uh, fellas, why don't you just show me where your guidance system is, okay? Excuse me. He is smart. So, the whole premise, spoiler, is... Uh, no, that's why I read Larry Nemechek. Right. So we could- to the, I know, I know. These people, this is all part of their plan. So they're not... This is, this is the, the critical problem with this episode. They are idiots, but they're also very crafty idiots that were faking well, the problems on they the ship could, they could be in a, order to get Jordy. They could be a species that evolved to be cunning uh-huh and that's it uh-huh like masters of the con uh-huh but also dumb everywhere else in life <sighs> but could you be masters of the con i mean it's a very interesting thing because it's sort of like well then is their presentation of them being idiots is that part of the con like their voices and everything and when they go into the you know the snack room when jordy's not there they're like 
I'm pretty far deep out in space, huh? It's pretty crazy. <laughs> why, why, why didn't we just fucking steal a ship with warp drive? No, we should have done Sub light. This is real yeah. dumb. Oh, I see. He's back. Okay. We look We're, for things to make us go. We need food. <laughs> so. Well, listen to this. Here comes here comes Deanna Troy. Mm-hmm. A rare appearance. They really. From where we know not. I assume she had a morning booked with therapy with the 1,000 yeah. crew members that need her services. Yeah, how do you do that? Are there other therapists on board? Don't know. Interesting question. Lieutenant LaForge is on an alien ship? Yes, we're rendering assistance to some curious throwbacks. How they ever mastered the rudiments of space travel is a genuine curiosity. Commander, those aliens, (laughs) what they feel is not helplessness. Lieutenant LaForge is in great danger. You should have listened to Worf. He's in danger. Great danger. You just said that. (laughs) Can you be more specific, Counselor? It's not our help they want. Riker's also bitchy. They're going to get. They can't force us into anything, can they? You think they're weak? Look at them. They're certainly not Harada or Romulan. Our Betazoid counselor is often aware of things <laughs> beyond our perceptive abilities. He does look back at Worf, and Worf is like, I told you so. Um, so now he's continuing to... So at this point, you still could have gone, like, now she's told him they're fucking bad news. You still could have gone, hey, we're just going to beam over our guy. Or two guys, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They still don't do it. Looks back at Worf. Worf's like, "What are you doing?" And Worf, he's just Worf, defensive. Worf's kind of like, "Way to go, dipshit." <laughs> that is what his face looks what like. What did I tell you? One yeah. of these days, someone's going to listen to me. Yeah, and our episodes are going to be over a lot sooner. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. What do you think of Picard's big worry here with not getting his surgery anywhere near I don't, the ship I don't. and also like it, it he doesn't want the he doesn't want the star the Starfleet gossip. Seemed very convenient to get him and Wesley into a spacecraft. I enjoyed a lot of the conversations that they have on that. Love hearing about Picard's backstory and him being cocky as a youth. Do we is this the one that's introduced? Yeah. I really enjoy that. I think that's really a smart choice for the Picard we know. But uh, the idea that he's that, I don't know, it's out of vanity, and I'm not even clear on what the so vanity, much vanity is. It's very, very vain. Just like he doesn't want people to know that his heart doesn't work right. <laughs> doesn't make, it, I don't know, he doesn't want to like show that vulnerability, he yeah, so he doesn't but want, he's such an evolved human being. Right. You know that it doesn't make any sense that he right. would have this ego. He's a, he's a, it's not like he's sitting down at Mott the Barber getting his hair done. Like, he's not like, he's not getting hair implants. He's not that vain. Right. He's, he's a guy who's, who's totally uh, comfortable with his position. And so the idea that you'd be that afraid of anyone seeing him I don't know. Be weak. It's very mm. strange. Very. Um, that being said, uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, in this scene, like the discussion about. Well, you know, it's, there's, there's you crazy might have made a great father or something like that. That is like insane that he's bringing that up to him. Well, Wesley is, in my opinion, super passive aggressive and intrusive in the scene. Oh, I just missed it. It's not a mistake, Andy. 
Thank you. Didn't you ever wish you had kids of your own? Wishing for a thing does not make it so. <laughs> I think this may be evidence again that, that Picard doesn't know how sex works. Because he's keeping it real vague. I'm actually not sure what makes it so. Wishing for sexy time does not make it so. I don't know how children are made. Sent him over there for one set of repairs. Now they need him for more. Apparently their ship is quite fragile. This is Riker on the Enterprise. Almost got it, Commander. We look for things. <laughs> Apparently our ship is in need of more than minor repair. Things to make it go. We will use our tractor beam to tow you to the nearest base. He can make it go. Yes, but we need our chief engineer back on board our ship. He is smart. All done, Commander. Prepare to beam over. Yes, sir. You are good. We aim to please. We need you. <laughs> Flattered. Look, fellas, I hate to repair and run, but uh, you'll excuse me? One to beam aboard. Hey, don't! I do like that he just grabs the sure, phaser. Grabs the phaser and, <laughs> and fires and points it. it. Like, could have, like, well, I guess he wouldn't have it set to vaporize, but you never know. <laughs> I do like that it's just like, that, that fit that there is no thought involved. But I don't, you know, also, you know what they reminded me a little bit of, even though they were talking, was the, I don't remember the episode, it was the ones with the two warring planets, and the one that played Kirk's son is in uh, Merritt Butrick, is uh, that half the people have uh, an addiction, and then the other Oh, right, yes, yeah, yeah. And those people, I think, didn't know how to practically work their ship. Right. It's really a, I don't know, it's really questionable to me that people would be able to get into space and they don't know how to run their starship it has well, to be more I mean, complicated think about than it if like a bunch of farmers died or something uh, we, we wouldn't know how to make bread we don't know how to mill wheat man we're so smart <laughs> i don't know i couldn't do it we would figure it out i need to make bread i think that you know your specific skills are are developed mm-hmm. over time bread making came to mind because i love bread so much yeah <laughs> bread is great if you're a bread maker Hit us up and send us bread. <laughs> must be cautious. Also, if there's an apocalypse, take us into your home. No problem. Where women are concerned, I am in complete control. Weird choice by Wesley. Really? Hmm. I always rather had to work at that. This is Patrick Stewart doing some fine eating acting. Have you always been so disciplined? <laughs> kind of bland sandwiches he picks. I was, I wouldn't have this problem. I don't understand. Well. By the way, coffee, not tea. I was a young Starfleet officer. Probably a little more nervous than years you are now. Top of my academy class. Green as hell. And oh, so cocky. Too cocky, as it turned out. What happened? Several friends and I were on leave at Fastbase Starbase Earhart. It was little more than a galactic outpost. Fastbase Starbase. 
Was this before the Klingons joined the Federation? That's right. Well, my mates and I were at the... the Bonstell Recreation Facility. <laughs> which was something of a dead rough crossroads at the time, filled with a, an assorted bunch of galactic riffraff. Scummen villainy. When <laughs> a trio of Norsicans came in. You know, those douchebags. Clearly spoiling for a confrontation with Nosikans are bad dudes. Fresh Do we know Nosikans? Officers such as Over time, we'll know them a bunch. I mean, damn it. I should have listened to the Twitter guy. Ask me that question again. What? Uh, <laughs> 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 will we learn more about them? Yes. <laughs> White birth, stand off. Everyone that is except me. I stood toe to toe with the worst of the three. And I told him what I thought of him, his pals, his planet, and I possibly made some passing reference to his questionable parentage. And the next thing I knew, all three of them were off me, and I was fighting for my life. I was actually doing quite well for a while, too. You fought them and won? I had this one Norsican down in this uh, somewhat devious joint lock when... Uh, Unbeknownst to me, one of his chums drew his weapon and impaled me through the back. Curious sensation, actually. Not much pain. Shock, certainly, at the sight of uh, serrated metal sticking through my chest. Certain giddy warmth. In fact, I do actually remember that I laughed out loud. Well, it pierced my heart, of course. In fact, if we'd not been so near to a medical facility, I would surely have died. Really? Tiny sandwich pipe. <laughs> then what happened? Nothing. I was no hero, Wesley. I was an undisciplined, loud-mouthed, opinionated young man who was way out of his league. Learned a very hard... A painful lesson that day. But I learned it well. Don't be and you never have to learn it the same way. Go for another sandwich. Please. I did like this. Delicious white bread sandwiches. But uh, no, I know. Nice. What do you think was on there? Was your favorite it sandwich? Like a, it seemed like a tea sandwich, right? It seemed like, yeah, it might have been butter, some weird English butter, and even though it's French. Were like tomatoes into their ship's computer. I didn't think the Packlets had that kind of technology. They seem to have made some technological leaps forward, Commander. Why would they go through this charade of needing our help? For the sole purpose of making Lieutenant LaForge their prisoner. Like I implied. Like Worf tried to tell Captain's you. Personal log. Really? Like everyone knew was going to happen. And I like I they mean, play it like Troy doesn't even hide her her annoyance. Yeah. She just like looks down like Oh Jesus Christ. That this medical procedure poses little risk. I hope you won't be late for your exams. Why oh, still have some time, sir? Why do I get the distinct impression that you're acting like some kind of escort? Dr. Pulaski asked me to make sure that you actually went inside. That woman. She would. Sir? Hey, Matt. Yes, what is it? Andrew? She would. 
Sorry, guys. I <laughs> fell asleep on the horn. together, <laughs> sir. So did I. Kiss. Someday we'll both figure out what sex is. No, you won't. They are initiating visual contact, sir. Maybe now we'll find out what they really want. Enterprise. We demand that you return our crew member immediately. Request denied. <laughs> Lower your shields. Request denied. <laughs> I think that's a really... It's a, it's a thing you never you see want? in Star Trek. It's always kind of very diplomatic discussions of what happens on happen, you know, what's going to happen yeah. with the negotiations. Yeah. You never see people acting like straight out brutes. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's like request denied. He shoots Jordy for no reason. <laughs> um This is a But then I don't know. It just Is there a way you could have fixed this writing wise? In terms of their stupidity. Let's talk about what the problem is before we can figure out the solution. The problem with these with the creatures is what? What do you think? Carol? To me, well, it's a, an essential problem of what do they know and what don't they know. First of all, they knew enough to fly the ship and get themselves into space. They don't know how to fix know, it. They don't know how to repair it. They don't know really anything about the mechanics. But we don't know that there might, there might be an overseer. There might be some sort of overseer back on their home planet that is smarter, smarter than, them. than them and has manipulated all of this He stuff. still taught them how to fly it to a certain degree maybe he's programmed everything maybe he's a genius maybe he's a genius computer programmer i guess the the main thing is it's the question of how crafty they are even in the interpersonal thing is if they're that crafty they really can't form sentences or communicate with each other Mm. it's just it's just a weird they seem to be and so i guess i would have done that if you wanted to come up with all these things that they've just been just by the skin of their teeth figuring out just enough to get themselves to move forward, then I wouldn't have had them talk to each other when Jordy was knocked out or walked out of the room or anything else. And just the second that they shot Jordy, just be like, you're right, we are primitive, but we actually are very clever about these, you know, what we were joking about before. They would have then been intelligent creatures that, as you said, their survival ability is cunning. Mm. Mm. Even though they are not technologically advanced. I accept your shooting solution, Secunda. Even though they're not, just not play them as... Seven degrees down them. bubble. No option options. I need some input. Is Geordi all right? He's already been hit by multiple phaser stuns. He could need medical attention. Sweet input. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Security team stands ready to take the initiative, sir. Data, our options have not changed. We can either respond to the pack-led demand or not. This is a super we can either use pointless <laughs> or not. Super pointless uh, uh, conference meeting. Is a complete breach of Starfleet security. Then force it must be. The French horns say it. Okay, now here we're coming up on what I believe to be one of the worst performances I've ever seen in in Star Trek history and I'm not even just judging it on the the, the, the giantness of the performance because we've certainly seen that before it's just so well, melodramatic well you're, you're, you're seeing an amped up situation right so you're seeing what something that we've seen on Earth a thousand times before which is a medical situation we've seen it in MASH you know we've sure. seen it for d- decades uh-huh. uh, you're, you're even your Doogie Howser's your your fake medical hype your your trumped up medical jargon mm-hmm. 
and they have the unenviable task of being doctors in space <laughs> right in the 24th century where you have to make up terms that mean even less than the terms do on modern day medical dramas don't worry about a thing captain we've done this a hundred times and we're ready when you are just get on with it doctor i have work to do activate sterile field neural calibers also, these outfits are straight at us, Woody Allen sleeper. <laughs> Except the red. This will white. be a secondary cardiac procedure with midline entry and excision of the early model unit. So is this a training class? No complications. Is this a training. As the patient has had positive. I mean, it could be a learning, could be a teaching hospital. Extraordinary physical condition. Mm-hmm. If this guy's the best of the be best, makes sense. He would be teaching others how to do it. Tissue thing. mitigator. That's the tissue mitigator. I don't know if you're familiar with that There's tool, but it mitigates tissue. On the Packler culture, <laughs> but the eclectic range of their equipment suggests that their technology was borrowed. All right, so let's. Their uh, shields. What, here's their here's their Believe big old plan. Nothing if not persistent. We want to be nothing if not persistent. <laughs> Nobody ever said they were great conversationalists. Damn it! Where did they get their shields? Yes, we like shields. Well. From what I've seen, half the systems on board this ship have been stolen from the Romulans, Klingon, Harada, just about anyone they've ever come in contact with. We like to be smart. He doesn't know that Confirm they stole Lieutenant it. Lieutenant LaForge, they steal technology, but they lack the ability to use it properly. You're an excellent chief engineer, Lieutenant LaForge. Thank you, sir. And of course, your knowledge of phaser and photon weaponry is unmatched. But that, that's nice of you to say, sir, but it's really Lieutenant Worf that... Our missions are always inherently dangerous, and any of us could be called upon to make the ultimate sacrifice at any time. Well, yes, sir, but... Speaking of time... Jordy's a little slow on the uptake. This mm-hmm. may be your time. I shall personally miss you. Goodbye, Jordy. I shall miss you at weapons yes. systems analysis. Uh-huh. Uh... <laughs> Jordy's and been infected by the Packlet stupidity. Arm your photon torpedoes without me. As well as our hydrogen collectors. Fond farewell. <laughs> he knows about weapons. You can make us strong. Well, it's not something that I really like to talk about. Any classified weapons knowledge you share with your captors will be considered treason. <laughs> you will die without honor. It's a lot more. You will never attain the 24th level of awareness. That one's not an insult. That's uh, that's quite a challenge. Indeed. 24 is the gateway to heroic salvation. All right, I hope they figured this out. The Escape from New York synthesizer music here. He's afraid. We all are, Counselor. I'm not... I'm at the panel in the back. I'm not that scared. You are smart. That's smart enough. I'm still here. Make us strong. We need a biomolecular physiologist in here. <laughs> this man is dying. <laughs> so over the top. 
So this guy, I dug in a little bit on him. His name's Daniel Benzali, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, he was in LA Law and NYPD Blue. He's one of these guys. Um, and uh, I think he was the villain in White Knights. And he's appeared in a James Bond film, View to a Kill. Who is he in that? Let's find out. Uh, 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 oops. Uh, 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 uh. I think I remember. View to a Kill. Yeah. Um, that was in the late 80s, right? Or mid 80s? It was 85. 85. Uh, how? It only says how. I don't know. I can't place them. It sounds familiar to me. Um, anyway, uh, but here's the interesting thing. He was uh, engaged to um, Undiscovered Country star Kim Cattrall. And they broke it off. This guy was swinging way out of his uh, his weight class. got to tell you, she probably just watched him in this episode. <laughs> she may have. Oh, you were in Star Trek too. Let me see. Uh, I think we got to break up. Sure you need a molecular <laughs> biophysiological what? If anyone can so over the top. Well, what makes you think the Packlands even have that kind of gear on board? Ongoing scanning indicates progressive weapons potential. The timing will be crucial. Geordi must correctly interpret our intentions. Geordi's up to speed. I trust his instincts. The Packlet did hear our little fiction about Oh, Jordy's how? He plays he plays um, Tiffany Roberts's boss at the city hall uh-huh. uh, in San Francisco who is corrupt and ends up getting shot by uh, Christopher Walken. Oh. That's a very different part. Yeah. Boy, he really was. He's <laughs> a consummate actor. Since they equate intelligence with strength, they won't pass up the chance to use that knowledge. Can you do it? Count on it. Bridge to Commander Riker. You won't be seen again, you know. Go ahead, Bridge. Transferred immediately. I'm receiving an emergency summons from Starbase 515. Captain Picard is close to death. Any other orders? Be ready. <laughs> so, uh, you still want to save Jordy or what? <laughs> uh, Seems like you've made a lot of right decisions so far, Riker. Now what do you want to do? We are strong. You're armed to the teeth. Teeth are for chewing. <laughs> want them now. Forced spectrum communication is spotty at best, sir. Do it. This is the Enterprise. Return our personnel or face immediate reprisal. Leave it. They are violent. Okay. They want to play rough. That's fine with me. Just let me check something. Good. He is on our side now. So this shows lack of cunning. Well, yes. They're being easily fooled. 23. 22. 21. 20. What's the countdown for? What's proceeding, sir? Hold fast. 18. I, to give him time to disarm photon torpedoes or something? Mm-hmm. Don't do anything yet. 13. What are you doing? 12. Making sure your systems are operative. 11. We will attack. They are strong. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. We should four, attack now. Just another second. Three, we can't afford a misfire here. 2. Hurry. 1. Fire. Now! 
No. Too late. We have fired. They will be destroyed. They used their crimson force field. <laughs> Did not shoot. <laughs> no, the crimson force field has disarmed us. Seems like the con they're Bears doing is smart. too complex even for the Paglets. <laughs> we are not strong. Drop your shields. Allow us to transport Lieutenant LaForge immediately. I like this shot, him leaving the bridge and down, ending up on the bridge. Transporter room, beam one to the bridge. Aye, sir. Oh, cool. I didn't even notice that. That's great. Oh, that's great. That's a pretty good effect, too. Starbase 515, warp um, here's my, uh, hydrogen exhaust here's my problem with this. Nice this show. Harmless but effective. Were you able to disable the photons? Just in time. That's why you're still here. If it took time, why didn't you just do it before? They wouldn't have known. They're idiots. But here's the main thing. Their whole gambit is to, I guess, make them think that Jordy has given them weapons. Then they face off with the Enterprise, and then their weapons don't work. And so they then feel like, oh, no, now we're outgunned by the Enterprise. But they always knew they were outgunned by the Enterprise, which is why they wanted him to make them strong. Their bargaining chip was Geordi, and they still have that bargaining chip. So why don't they just go, all right, now you're going to fix it and make it so the Crimson Shield or whatever the fuck you just did doesn't work, or we're gonna, I'm going to shoot him with the phaser again. Like, they have the same bargaining chip they've had the whole time. I assumed that part of what happened there was their shields were lowered by Jordy. Uh-huh. They got them to lower their shields yeah, so that they to could... Yeah, just get the beam out. Like, I don't think they really cared if the gambit worked any further than getting their shields down. Uh-huh. But are the Paclids doing that math? I don't know. Boy. It's almost like this show was written 30 years ago. Uh, it's not a... That's not uh, a and valid... I, and I shouldn't care. <laughs> no. Uh, the whole point is to pick it apart. All right, let's uh, get. We gotta. We really gotta get going. Uh, let's just play this last little clip of the uh, the specialist finally arrived to help save Picard at the medical base, and uh, it's our old pal. How are you doing, here? Saving your life. This feels like this is a... This is a routine procedure. I guess Point maybe it's because it's Starfleet. But he already said he didn't want her to operate on her. you are not a no. commonplace man. She just is allowed to operate on him? <sighs> She's a doctor. recovery in four hours. I didn't want you involved in this. You've seen my weenie. You're welcome. <laughs> Which is weird, because he wouldn't oh, normally yeah. have to for this procedure. The entire crew must know. You're still the captain. Invincible. Huh. Thank you. All right. Andy, he gets back on the ship. Everything's happy. we got to rate this episode. For that. we got to award an MVC. Who comes up with the plan to beat the Paclids? No one in general. Is it not specified? Not really specified. <laughs> I have to assume it's like Riker, even you, though Riker's the one that got them no, in. No, Riker got in them the into this. Place. I don't. I don't. We're not giving it to Riker. Okay, but he can't have it because he's so terrible in this episode. I mean, such a terrible crewman. <sighs> I mean, I would it, give it to Worf is because it Gomez. What does Gomez do? 
The light show. <laughs> light show. I got, maybe it's Jordy, but Jordy really just saves himself. The Enterprise is never in danger. I mean, you could say it's Pulaski because she's she is the most valuable. She saves Cat Picard's Picard. life, which saves them in other episodes to have Picard there. Yeah, the the immediate danger on this episode is the torpedoes from the packlets. I don't think that's ever really a danger. I, the I, danger to the ship in this episode? I think the, the only danger is to Geordi. I don't think the Enterprise is ever really in danger. Hmm. I'm going to give it to Pulaski. You can do as you will. I'll join you. Pulaski, thanks for saving Cat and Picard. You did a great job. And, uh... The Andes! Or some other method of ranking... We're working on it. Guess we'll have to come up with something else. We're not working on it. Uh, I decided that I like this episode enough. Huh. Rewatching it enough. Okay. To give this episode a total of 3.5. 3.5. There were certain parts that were entertaining. I like seeing yeah. Picard talking to Wesley. and uh, Great acting happening. And, you know, as, as moronic as they are... Uh, in the way they were handled as villains, the backlits are entertaining. Yeah, fun idea. Um, I'll give it a three. There we go. Three. That's it, pal. Time to see the trailer for next week's episode, Up the Long Ladder. And if I remember correctly, this might be one of the worst episodes ever made in the history of Star Trek. Oh, really? It's an interesting title. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation... A rescue mission uncovers a colony of clones facing extinction. I was hoping that you would be willing to share some tissue samples. You want to clone us? And to keep their race alive, they're conducting secret breeding experiments on the crew. We're desperate. And that gave you the right to assault us, to rob us, and we have the rights to survive. On Star Trek, the next generation. Okay. This is not the episode I was thinking it was. This is an episode... That I have no living memory of. <laughs> it does seem like like a lost episode. Almost. <laughs> this is an episode. I, I mean, unless like you get a unless lot of- there's a group of crazy Irish people in here, I I, I have no. You finally get that Pulaski Riker away mission we've all been hankering for. <laughs> uh, I have no uh, I have no recollection of this episode at all. Oh, okay. I do have some recollection of this episode. <laughs> this will be happening, Andy. They Jesus chose not Christ. to put this in the uh, in the trailer, but this is the crazily racist Irish people. What the f? They're all wearing 1930s dust oh, bowl. Can't wait. We're all gonna find out. So there we go. That trailer lost on my brain, but the rest of that I get. So Andy, you yeah. have that to look forward to in in a few days' time. If you have any. Uh, Questions, comments, or solutions, send them into this podcast. You can do so at uh, sttncpod at gmail.com or at Star Trek TNC at Instagram or Twitter. And, uh, and um, 816 Trek TNC. <laughs> I, forgot I, I also forgot. <laughs> um, anyway, Transporter, where are you, buddy? We're going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Maybe the packlets have. I hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Look forward to us uh, on the. Uh, we Mondays. want the beam that makes us. There's call. part of me that kind of wants to switch the release day of this to like Wednesday or something, but for now, it's just gonna it's gonna stay late Sunday night. Anyway, okay. all right. Disengage.